Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Everybody! Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I have my first guest in forever. This is Tara Best. I'm here with Tara from Tara Hunter Coaching. And we connected recently. She is a business and mindset coach. She is helping people unlock their potential by embracing strategy and spirituality. And she just is such an awesome person. We had a chat earlier last week. We meet last week. Last week. I think it was this week. It might have even been this week. Seriously, I can't even keep track of my days, but we were so excited. We wanted to jump on a podcast together because I just think all the work she's doing is great. So Tara, I'm not going to talk too much. Do you want to just tell everybody the beginnings of your story? I know that we have some parallels in that um, and how you got where you are and how you embraced mindset to bring you to this awesome place that you're living in. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me as well. I'm so excited to, to dive into everything today. So... I'd say the shortened version of the very long story started in, I'd say around January 2015. Um, I was a manager in hospitality and working a job that I fucking hated. Um, I just remember I'd drive home from work every single day, just crying, just hating my job, hating my life. Sounds very extreme, but I just was so unhappy. And my day would be counting down the days until counted down the hours until I could get home and open wine because I was I'm so unhappy um, I had a lovely boyfriend who's now my husband and I was just like I'm just a bitch to him like I was so unhappy and I remember we went to the Caribbean in in that January and there's a picture of me led on a yacht with a glass of wine just like led there and it looks bliss but in my mind I was led there on that yacht thinking oh, I've got to go back to work in three days and that ugh, feeling under underruled the entire trip I'd say around May this lovely gentleman kept coming into the restaurant and he said I'm going to be coming in quite a lot because I've got this um, I'm setting up this new business and I'm just I'm so friendly and chatty I love speaking to people and finding out about people and I said to him oh what's what's the new business and he said it was an equestrian media site and I was like oh so I have a horse I've been horsey my entire life and it was basically like a website that had lots of reports, lots of rider interviews, just so many products on there. And I genuinely just said to him, well, if ever you need anyone to write a blog, just let me know. That was it. Thought nothing of it. Absolutely nothing. And he kept coming in. And around the same time, my bosses tried to change my contract. They said I had to start an hour earlier, finish an hour later, work every single weekend for no more money. Oh, and are they just like, calling the people over here in the in the States and asking us how we do it? Because, you know, you know, <laughs> I've worked in hospitality forever and the, I can't 
the feeling of laying on the yacht thinking, oh God, I have to go back to that hell hole is probably, there's a good bulk of my listeners that know me from that era. So they relate yeah. to that. <laughs> oh my gosh. To that. But anyway, the, the whole work more, we'll pay, we're not going to pay you anymore. Uh, yeah, we, we know that story over here. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so you you thought nothing of writing the blog and then this happened and I cut you off, but I just really wanted to. I wanted to know if if they were in cahoots over there with with our people about how to treat employees. Probably. Um, yeah, and I literally said, um, you can fuck right off. And I said, and what if I don't want to sign this contract? They said, you can leave. I had 200 pounds in my bank account. I didn't have a single penny of savings, not a single penny. And I was like, fine, I'm leaving. I had no idea what I was going to do. Not a clue, nothing lined up, but... I've been wanting to do something else. I've been applying for so many different jobs. I was applying as a secretary. I was looking into doing a PhD or a master's degree. I was looking into being an estate agent or a real estate, you know, working in real estate. I was just applying for all of these jobs. And I just said, no, I'm leaving. And I worked a three-day handover. And I went back to that guy who I offered to write the blog for. And I said, <laughs> I'm now unemployed. So really, if you want me to write your blog, I will. Um, and he let me and I wrote this blog for him and he loved it. And literally, I think five days later, I was at an event, like one of the biggest events in the world as a journalist. And I crapped my pants because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not a journalist, but I'm just going to say yes and figure it out later. And from there, I did a bit of journalism, then started doing social media and PR, started doing a lot more marketing um, and started getting really good results on Twitter. And this is a very condensed story, by the way. I could talk about this all day. That's um, okay. We have all day. I mean, um, I don't think anybody's bored. I mean, I, I can't really tell because they're not here with us at present, but I, I bet they're not bored. Um, but anyway. And I shared a tweet on Twitter using the very limited amount of characters that you have, basically celebrating um, some results that clients had on social media and like a couple of things that I was doing on social media that worked well. And um, a gentleman messaged me, he said, I just am banging my head against a brick wall here with social media. I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you coach me? And I said, yes, again, say yes, figure it out later. No idea. How do you coach? I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And I went to his house. So I drove 45 minutes to his house to do a, an hour coaching session on social media. I drove all the way back home, gave him a follow-up call. And within 24 hours, his reach on social media went from 300 to 30,000 in 24 hours. And that buzz was like something I'd never known before. And that was like the, the aha moment that I wanted to do coaching. And I loved it so much. And that was 2017. And I love it so much. So, oh, so that's much. amazing. I love what you said about, okay, I don't know how, what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. You know, there's this, this, um, coach Sean Smith is who I heard this from, but many people have said it. And it's that ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. And I used to be a person that I just, I didn't do things if I didn't know how to do them first. And that's just not the way that the fucking world works. You, you, you go do it when you don't know how to do it. You just show up and you're like, I didn't know how to make a podcast. I was like, I think I want to create a podcast. All right, well, I'm just going to, I'll figure it out. You know, I'll just, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And it, it's the communication. Cause I know that when I, when we were talking we were talking about the universe, we were talking about law of attraction. We were talking about all of these things that some people could either choose to buy or not buy. But I think when we kind of connected, we had this, I think we're kind of aligned with the fact that we believe that 
you have to believe you are what you say you are before you become that in the manifestation. Like you don't get to just not believe it until you have evidence. The belief has to come before the evidence. And I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't know if you find that to be true in your life. I know I find that to be true in my life, but definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I mean, so often I think people do wait until they've got everything, all the pieces of the pie. They wait till they've got all the steps. Everything is so ready. And then they think they'll start and it's never going to happen. And I promise you, like I have made some massive mistakes in my business over the past seven years, nearly seven years, so many, but every single time I've had such a massive learning from them. And that's, I think, the biggest thing. Say yes, figure it out later. And then if it doesn't go to plan, reflect, you know, how could it have gone better? What did you do? What didn't you do? And just make sure you've got that positive learning from it. Do you mostly work with women or you work with all people? I know that you, the client that you talked about was a man. And actually the first person you talked about was a man. So do you work, but I know that when I was looking at your podcast, that there's a lot of women that you've, you've interviewed. So I didn't know like what your clients were like or what their biggest struggles are. Let's go, go with that. Who are they? What are they struggling with? Yeah, so majority of them are women now. So I fell into the world of mindset in 2018 and realized how monumentally amazing it was and how much it shifted me and changed me. Um, So it is a non-negotiable part of coaching now. Um, So primarily work with women. My first client ever was a man. The first coaching client ever was a man. Um, And I've still got a client. So I've got two businesses. One is coaching, one is a marketing company we've still got a client in the marketing company who joined us in 2015. And that's a guy, which is interesting. Um, but no, most of the coaching clients are all women. They're all at various stages. So I've got different programs that kind of speak to different clients for those that are, you know, in the really early stages, they're just, they're listening to that inner dialogue, that negative chatter all the time. It's letting, it's letting them stay in their comfort zone, stay safe, stay small. It's keeping them stuck as well. Um, and then also I think those new people have no idea about social media. They are maybe a little bit scared to put themselves out there. There's that little bit of imposter syndrome or lack of confidence. They've no idea how to price themselves and package themselves. Um, right up to people that are you know, growing or scaling a team and focusing primarily on profit. So it's a really, really nice mix. Um, And I think one of the things that's been huge for me, and this is just such a recent revelation, it's, it doesn't matter what the person does. Firstly, I've got to actually like what they do. Um, But secondly, the most important thing is what that person, what that woman is like, because we're going to get so close, so intimate, so together, like I'm going to be in their pocket all day, every day, you know, at the end of the phone, I really want to get on with these people. And I wanted to kind of work with people that are confident, but maybe just want to take it to the next level. People that are maybe a little bit extroverted. They're quite bubbly. They've got this can-do attitude. They will do the fucking work. Um, I don't want people that are going to make excuses. I don't want people that, you know, think that I'm just going to have this magic wand and they don't have to do the work. Mm. And that was a huge realization recently that the personality type of someone really, really matters. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that like in the beginning, you know, when I first started coaching, it was like, okay, if I can help you, I can help everybody. And there's starting to be a shift of, see, I have an issue with my own ego in that if you're not doing the work, I tend to take that personally. And I try not to, you know, I try not to, but it's to a point where 
if you're so, I don't do, I don't do business coaching, but if you are the type of person that is so submerged in your own story and you're not taking yourself out of the story and looking at it from the outside, if you're not even willing to entertain that as a possibility, I'm like, all right, I don't know if I'm the one, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the one and there, there is a one, but I don't know if it's me, but, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, I get, you know, having wanting people that are going to be able to put it in because I think that while I believe, I believe in the universe, I believe in things happening for you. I believe that you're going to be given everything that you need to succeed. You also have to take action. And I think that people forget about the fact that they have to take action daily. Like it's daily action. You don't just get to take one action and then sit there and eat popcorn and wait till the fucking thing manifests in front of you. Like you have to take daily action. And I still, I mean- I'm still in that state. I'm in early stages of business. I think that we talked about that, you know, like I'm only in business probably a year and a half, um, but just daily action, daily action, daily action, daily action. People, I think most of the women that I work with are not, are, um, it's more about physical, like, like they're more stuck in their bodies. It's more health focused um, just because that's kind of an image that I give off on social media. And that too is daily action. Like that's yeah. always daily action. Sometimes that daily action is just as well, like being mindful of your thoughts and being mindful of your mm-hmm. energy and like the frequency that you're in, making mm-hmm. sure that you are in an energy of optimism or gratitude or abundance and not letting yourself just stay in lack and scarcity. So I think mm-hmm. the action can be showing up or launching something, putting something out there or taking those steps to make that manifestation happen. And sometimes the, that action is more spiritual and energetics mm-hmm. and mindset and just making sure that you're focusing on what you want, not what you don't want. Now, when you're, when you're talking about frequency and energy and things like that, if you were going to explain that to somebody who has absolutely no idea what you're talking about, how would you even begin to start guiding them in that direction? Great question. And it's a very hard thing to try and explain. I feel the best way I think, you know, when you're really excited about something and you almost feel a little bit jittery, it's like, oh, it's that sort of feeling. That's a really high vibe state. Whereas when you feel anxious and you can almost feel it in the pit of your stomach and you feel flat and you feel worried and you're like, "Mm," it's that horrible, feels tight, feels tense. Like those two are obviously very extreme ends of the kind of energetic scale, but literally everything in the entire world is energy. So Mm -hmm. I saw an amazing graphic that basically showed um, every single atom that anything is made of is 99.99% energy and only 0.0001% physical matter. That's real. Yeah, that's real. Mm -hmm. Everything is energy. And Mm -hmm. everything is responding to the energy that we have. And I've only just been looking into this, I'd say over the past six months, Um, but just making sure that you're actually in the energy of what you desire. And sometimes I think it's really hard for people to get into that or to think about that. And I would just say, you know, think about what you want. And let's say you want to manifest a job or a new car or a partner, or I don't know, some money. How would it feel to already have that thing now? Um, And how can you then just start thinking about just connecting to that daily? You don't have to stay in that energy all day, but if you can just connect to it every day or a couple of times Mm -hmm. a day and just think, oh my God, imagine going to have that car or going to be on that beach or imagine checking my bank account and seeing that. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps and it's mm. literally just imagine it for imagine it for a second feel it and then let it go and oh, that's you are, such a way 
you are changing my energy because I think my energy has been shit this entire month. So I'm telling you what. I told you we changed that doing this. (laughs) Oh, no, but seriously, like, so it's been shit. I mean, and I'm not normally that way, but it's been shit. I've fallen into, you know, January, February, a lot of these low vibrations. I recorded a podcast yesterday, a solo episode that I was going to put out just because I was late this past week. And uh, I was just like, this is, I can't put this out. This is going to just bring down everybody that listens to it. A lot of people are are cool with that. They'll be like, oh, this is a great rant. And I'm like, no, this carries a, a vibration with this rant. And you will feel it if I put it into the void. It's not coming from a loving place. It's coming from like a low vibrating sort of, the it, like those low level emotions, those survival emotions that, 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 that lack, that scarcity, that jealousy, that anger, that competitiveness, like all of those, those things, people, I'm a big Dr. Joe. I think, have we talked about Dr. Joe? I love Dr. Joe. And just being able to tap into those beautiful states of love and gratitude that you were, that you were mentioning. And I think a lot of people think, okay, well, I want to, I want to make a lot of money. Well, does a lot of money bring you to that place? Cause if it doesn't, you got to think of something else that's going to bring you to that place because everybody, everybody's, well, if, if, if it was that easy, we'd all win the lottery. We'd win the lottery every day, you know, but nobody winning the lottery doesn't bring you that those elevated emotions. Cause that's not everybody's lifelong fucking dream to win the lottery. You know, they don't like wake up and think, wow, with my life, I'd really like to be a lottery winner. Like it's just <laughs> not, a, it's not a thing. And then, but what does, what does let you up? Yeah. That's going to, that's going to bring it in. That brings it in every time, you know? Yeah. And I think so many people, feel that they have got to be in that place of just sheer joy and gratitude and just, you know, the, all the feet, like good feely feelings. They feel that they have to be in that all the time and you don't. I think it's just making sure that you are connecting to it regularly so that you can just start continually and consistently getting yourself into that place. You know, I think so many people as well try and manifest something good when they're not in the right place energetically. You just mm-hmm. cannot manifest a positive outcome from a negative energy. Mm-hmm. So if you're in lack or scarcity or anxiousness or worry or fear, and you're trying to set this goal or manifest this goal, it's just not going to happen. You've right. got to be in a positive energetic frequency, such as optimism, enthusiasm is a really good one, um, joy, love contentment just when you get into that state and then you manifest you can collapse the time it happens quicker easier through the path of least resistance as lovely old abraham likes to say and it just it can land but so many people will set goals especially around money to you know they want more money but they're setting that goal from a place of fear and lack and yeah you just you just can't it just will not work and it's interesting when you have your limiting beliefs there. And I think a lot of people don't. I saw that you do a lot of work with NLP. I yeah, know that I saw that. And I think that that's amazing. I incorporate NLP. Um, but a lot of people really don't even know where the hell their limiting beliefs came from. And they might not even realize that they have beliefs around, around scarcity and lack. Like I always knew that I did because it was very evident. Like my, my family members, you, you, you could not deny that there was limiting beliefs around money if you had grown up in my family unit. So they, they, they were pretty clear, but I always thought that you could intellectually overcome those and you can't intellectually overcome it because it will still operate in your subconscious. And if it's operating, 
it will sabotage every single thing that you do in attempts to reach the goal that you want. And you're not even consciously aware of it. And I think a lot of people will do that. I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't work with people in the area of business, but I'm sure that you probably see it a lot because business is one of those areas where people, you know, people seek out advice about business because they have those limiting beliefs in those areas and they don't know where they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. And I think for a lot of people, they have no idea that it is just a limiting belief until we actually start picking it apart and doing some work. So when I did my NLP qualification, I also did timeline therapy qualification Mm -hmm. so that we can actually go back to like a root cause of a trauma or negative emotion and just Mm -hmm. heal it. And it's just amazing. And I cannot tell you the amount of timeline therapy sessions I've done for money and just going back to that original wound or that original trauma and starting to heal it from there. And it changes the game for so many people. Yeah. When you can start to heal these limiting beliefs that you've got, and you can start to have a set of beliefs that actually really serve and support you. The sky isn't even the limit, like literally anything is possible, but it has got to start with your mind. So I like not force, but I just make mindset work and money mindset work as well. Just such an integral part of the coaching. Like if you don't, if you don't want to do it, I'm not going to coach you the end. Like Mm -hmm. it is that important and that integral. And I think so often when people start thinking about mindset, they think that it's just thinking positively and it's not, it's got very little to do with that. It's mm-hmm. more about like those thoughts you have that inner dialogue, whether your mind is your greatest asset or your most destructive, it's being able to just find the good in any situation. It's that inner strength and resilience. It's so much more than just thinking positively. You know, mm-hmm. I was a very positive person, always have been. But when I started doing mindset work, I was like, my God, there's a lot to do here. (laughs) There's a hell of a lot of shit to heal. Oh, yeah, because you're just building layers through the idea your whole life. And often with things like timeline, it's so it's so important because you can go back to that event that you've continued to build these layers of protection. And then all of a sudden people don't realize that when they were five, they did something and then they've been building things to protect the thing that they built to protect the thing that they built to protect the thing you you'll be there forever yeah now do you want to do it or do you want to keep living your crappy life i mean that's the that's the question people have those beliefs around health and they have those beliefs around love a lot of people have those beliefs around love as well i mean what health money love what what are the things that people want all those all that bullshit (laughs) you know it's like the positive mindset is not I think what you said was important about the positive mindset is not just thinking positively because thinking positively that that's just impossible. I think I like, I'm a positive person as well, but there are some times where things happen that are crappy and it's the judgments we place on those things that take us off the path. If we can just sit there and say, okay, well, this is a crappy experience that's happened as part of our human experience. Then we can, we can flow with it path of least resistance or something can happen and we can say no 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 no, this isn't right this isn't positive this isn't happy this isn't good this doesn't go along with the trajectory and then we try to attack it that's the path of resistance then we end up fucking taking ourselves off course and people don't understand the idea of intuition at least here i don't know how it is where you're at i mean it's really big here in america because our whole system is just crawl to the top, crawl on top of each other, crawl up. And if you're not ahead, you're behind. Mm. Like, and that's, that's the, 
the framework that people operate with. So if there is a failure or a setback, I think that you were talking about with your business, how you had a bunch of failures that you've had a tremendous learning experiences from. I think people that can look at failure as learning tend to be very successful. I was not able to do that up until about probably three or four years ago because I wasn't taught to do that. Like over here, people aren't taught to do that. It's They don't have the idea that that's acceptable. It's like, if there is a failure, it must be avoided at all costs because I am defunct if I fail even once. And if you could tear that apart for my listeners, that would make me very happy. So can you (laughs) help me do that? I think particularly here, we are taught not to fail. Like you try as hard as you can not to fail at something. Um, which I find a really interesting, limiting way to look at the world and to look at things. You know, had I followed that mentality, God knows what I would be doing right now. God knows where I'd be because I I could have failed. Massively, I could have failed when I set up my business. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never had a business before. I had no idea how to look look after clients. I had no idea what to price. So massively, massively could have failed. Um, But I knew that I was strong enough to just get through it. And I think, you know, so many people will have that fear of failure and it will cripple them and keep them so stuck that they won't ever take the action due to the fear of failure. And all it is, is your subconscious mind having a bit of a party with you. You know, it's got one job and that's just to keep you safe. One job. Yeah. And when you start thinking about, oh, I'd love to launch this business or I'd love to do this or I'd, I'd love to just suck in my job and follow my dreams and travel the world. Your subconscious mind is like, whoa, human, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't possibly do that. You know, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if you end up homeless and you die on a park bench? Mm -hmm. And your mind will go to such extremes to keep you safe. And the the kind of difference, I think, is that when, when you're wanting to do something different, you're wanting to push yourself out of your comfort zone, and there might be a chance that you might fail, absolutely, your mind gives you these negative stories to say, don't do this human, like just do not do this scary thing because it's terrified. Your mind is terrified because it feels like you're being unsafe, but actually it's just uncomfortable. And I think when you can then recognize that and you're like, it's not unsafe, it's just uncomfortable. Like you can hold that. When you can hold that, knowing that no matter what happens, you can find that positive in it. It's game, game changing. It's so, it's so, it's so game changing. Did you ever, can I ask you a question? Have you ever smoked cigarettes? Yes. Used to. Did you? Okay. So like I, I quit smoking cigarettes after 18 years. And when I quit smoking cigarettes, it was the biggest level of discomfort that I've ever experienced as a human being. And what you have to do is you basically have to rewire your mind in every single environment. I don't know how frequent you smoke, but I was a smoker. I was a, a pack to two pack a day smoker. I mean, it was everywhere. It was all the time. And every time, you know, as I was, when I was quitting, when I finally quit, which I did cold Turkey by reading Alan Carr's book, every single situation that I was used to smoking in was tremendously uncomfortable until my brain realized, oh, we don't do this behavior in this environment. I have found that that discomfort of quitting smoking is the same discomfort that you face whenever you want to do anything new in your life. It's the, the exact same feeling as wanting a cigarette. It is the and, and this is like kind of how I realized that the word discomfort is really powerful because a lot of people will say scary, but it really is just discomfort. And I realized just by being able to do that, 
and being, and I don't drink anymore either, but that's a whole other story is that when your, your brain, your brain is used to a pattern and when it doesn't experience the pattern that it knows is safety, it is going to provide you a generous dose of anxiety. It's going to say, calm down because it thinks you're going to die. It really believes that. I think people have a hard time realizing that we are running prehistoric crap up in our heads. This is not, you know, a machine that has evolved with, we're in 2022. I'm talking to you on Zoom right now and we're recording this and I'm going to put this out on an RSS feed and a bunch of people are going to listen to it on a Monday and it's going to be wonderful. And we're here in this like digital reality where we're almost just avatars and not knowing that in our heads, we've got a blob that is as old as dirt. And it knows one thing. It knows how to repeat a pattern until you're dead. Because it knows that's the way that you get to continue to exist. Anything different. Anything different. It's so true. And it's crazy, isn't it? Your brain and your mind is so incredible. But it's so freaking basic as well. It's like, how has it not evolved at all in the whole entirety of humans? Like, it just hasn't. And a real issue for so many people is that we're going into the future, but your subconscious mind is stuck in the past. So there's this massive disconnect around things like goals, around money, around relationships, around our health, because we're wanting to go this way you know, heading to the right and your mind's like stuck in the Victorian times back in the left. And it's trying to rule you based on what it knows and who you've always been. And that catches a lot of people out without them even realizing it. And I think the more that we can start to do that rewiring, the more that we can start to make it be our greatest asset and make it have our backs. It's just massive. I heard an amazing quote the other day that um, your mind can either make a heaven out of hell or a hell out of heaven. And I was like, oh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> oh, that is so the truth. It's so the truth. And I think what you did was really interesting when you first got started in that you just said, okay, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to start. I've got 200 pounds in my bank account. And what you did, which was really cool, was that you forced yourself to be in present moment because you didn't have any other choice. It's like, okay, I have to go make money now. I have to go do it now. And that's it. And it, it, you didn't have a lot of time to allow your mind to go on a field trip for every single possibility that, that could happen in the future. There, that was not an option. And when you see a lot of people that make radical change, I always like to say this. And I don't know if you're going you're gonna to agree. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. But I always say that people have to have a fire. Now, in your case, it was a a chosen fire, but I always say that there has to be a fire. There has to be something that's going to bring you right to the present that you can see through the illusion that you can buff your own mirror just a little bit so that you can start rolling the ball because otherwise the program will keep running and people will not be able to see. And so they're always either stuck in the past, like you said, where they're just continuing to replay an old scenario, or they are catastrophizing about what horrible thing is going to happen way off in the horizon if they're going to make a change. And we're not in present moment. And so I always feel, unfortunately, I would love for this not to be the case. I would love for it not to be the case, but I always feel that there has to be some fire. There has to be some fire for somebody. And do you agree? Yeah, wholeheartedly. It's that thing that's going to make you take the action. 
Because if you aren't taking the action, which obviously we've already even mentioned about, but if you aren't taking that action, you aren't going to make the choices. And I think when you've then got that time to think about things and ponder things and weigh up your options and have a thought, but then not take action, your mind is just going to get away with you. And what will happen is that every single time you think about doing something new, every single time you think about a goal or you think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I did this? You're going to have duality of your thoughts. One thought is a positive. Yes, we can freaking do this. The other one is a negative. And whichever thought you kind of listen to then gets backed up by, by a load of memories. And your subconscious mind like tangles all these memories, it chucks in the emotion, chucks in the trauma. And that is why so many people stay stuck because they let that negative thought go round and round and round until it's like so hardwired in their mind. There's the memories, there's the emotion, there's the trauma. And it just paralyzes them to interfere, into not taking the action. Oh, it's so true. Well, you've got that fire, whether it's a fire in your belly or that, that fire for me was, I've got to make this work. Like, there's no other option. I'm not ever working for anybody ever again. And side note, I genuinely think I'm unemployable now. Um, <laughs> I have work. I've been unemployable since I was like 10 years old. Like I, <laughs> I never went and worked for anybody. I mean, I worked in restaurants because that was like the least amount of commitment that I had to give another person to pay the bills. <laughs> I love that. I've love never that. been employable. I mean, I've got like a bunch of degrees that are probably worth a shit, but you know, but I, I don't know how to play those games, but it is, but you have to, it has, I have to make it happen. I have to make it happen. It is not an option. It has to happen today. And what's cool, you know, a friend of mine right now is job hunting and like, like me was, you know, kind of stuck in hospitality a long time. And well, when you do something a really long time, your brain gets used to that. So it doesn't like any change. Like it, it thinks any change you make, you're, you're going to hell. And I said something in the early part of the job process about doing whatever or something about thinking. And I said, don't think I'm like, don't think thinking is useless to you. So just stop, stop thinking. You can, you'll think your way out of progress for a half a decade. Stop thinking. I love that so much. <laughs> I, I do. I say it because I'm a thinker. I'm an, I, I have taken so, I have so many different, I have learned so much about myself over the last, I don't know, five, five years. And I am a hyper-rational human being. I mean, I really like to side with the intellect because I, I think being an intellectual is something that suits me. It gets in the way every time. Really? Like when you can use, when your brain is always thinking you will think yourself out of everything that you want yeah so you just have to you just have to turn it off you have to be like please shut up stop stop thinking stop thinking stop thinking like you're thinking your way out of this you're thinking you're already thinking about i have people a lot of people you know come to me to want to embrace their voice a little bit more and well what are these people going to think about me You know, and then sometimes people will even go as far as to make up people that are having thoughts about them. I was on a call yesterday with, well, what are these people going to think about? I was talking to somebody and, you know, they're a coach as well. And they were like, well, what are, what are these people, you know, going to think about spending this much money? And I was like, well, you know, they might, this, this might change their entire existence. So they might think that, um, or they might not, you know, it doesn't, but then 
it was like, well, what about these people and these people? And I'm like, so now you're just making up people that are having the thoughts that you're thinking about. Like, it's not even that you're making up people's thoughts. You're making up people to have the thoughts that you're making up. Just stop thinking. <laughs> just stop <laughs> thinking. No thoughts. It's ridiculous how powerful they are as well. So I had a, a very rock bottom moment in April 2017 and lost two clients on one day and was owed a shit ton of money. And literally everything just came crumbling down around me. I, had, I think I had one client left that was paying 50 pounds a week or something ridiculous. And the stress of it, I buried my head in the, in the sand with it all. The stress of it gave me stress induced IBS. Now, whenever I get stressed about something or worried about something, my IBS flares up and it's just so uncomfortable and so painful and just horrible. And my thoughts have generally triggered IBS in me before because I've literally woke up, maybe not done my morning routine and checked an email or seen something and found myself going down that rabbit hole. And man, my thoughts have triggered IBS in me. Like that's how powerful it is. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's Dr. Joe talks a lot about kind of health and, you know, the link between your mind and your, your physical health. Yes, yes. It yes. such difference. I'm sure it's Dr. Dr. Joe. It's the book Becoming Supernatural. I love that book. Yes. So good. There was a study in there that said people that can get themselves into elevated states three times a day for 10 minutes at a time, they had a 49.5% increase in a protein that backs your immune system and that's for 30 minutes of gratitude a day and mm-hmm. it, it doubles the production of this protein that keeps you healthy fights mm-hmm. diseases and viruses and all these things it's like just from your mind just from thinking positive thoughts and being in a good vibration for yeah. half an hour like blows my mind the power of it and like the energy that a single thought has is phenomenal yeah, a lot of people. I, I wish more people would read his stuff. I, I think that just all of the research on epigenetics is just amazing. And we don't really realize the the connection that we have with our thoughts and our bodies. I mean, just all of that research into epigenetics is so, so, so important. People don't realize, I don't think that we can change different underlying conditions that we have just by the way that we think. Like we can, I, I never get sick. And I then- don't. I never get sick and I've been in this like pretty like high beta sort of state for a few weeks. I got sick for a day last week. First time since 2019, 2019. Isn't that insane? That is insane. People that are listening to this podcast are like, Andy, you are, you are out of your fucking mind. What the hell are you even talking about? But you got to read the stuff. Like if you guys haven't read the books, read the, read Dr. Joe. If you haven't read Dr. Joe, yeah, we can I'm someone that very much needs to know the how. So when I started doing mindset work, I was literally forced by my then coach to do it. Uh, It wasn't a choice. I literally fell into it by accident and was forced to do it. And thank God she made me do it. But when I started looking into it and I I wanted to know why, I wanted to know the how, I want to know like the science behind it. Like how do affirmations work? How is your mind functioning? Why why is a morning routine a good thing? Um, And I'm currently editing my first solo book um and I've done so much research about it because I just need to know the how I need to be able to explain to somebody you know if I'm encouraging that somebody does a morning routine why why should they what are the benefits and that has helped me understand even more 
And I'm literally always, always reading, always flooding my mind with like success and mindset things and motivation, just because it makes such a difference. And then making sure that I've got that knowledge and understanding to back it up. And I think as soon as I started to really look into it and actually understand the mind and how it functions, it's just it's just helped take everything to a whole new level, I think. And for me to understand that I need to know the why or the how or the science behind is just going to help me help help clients even more and help my my followers and my audience even more and just help me maximize it even more. I think the why also personalizes it for people. Nobody's going to do something because that they, someone says that they should. So it's, it's something like a morning routine or something like making a habit, something like putting yourself into these states. People have to know what's in it for them, you know, like, and if they, and if you can promise them that their health is going to be better, sometimes that's not even, I mean, sometimes that works. Sometimes it's not even enough. Sometimes it has to literally be who the person wants to become. I do a lot of this with my, with my work with identity, you know, who are you and who do you want to be? And how is this one act going to scientifically help you get to be that person? Cause a lot of times that'll work. That'll work. I'm a big how person as well. Like if you tell me to do something, I definitely need to know the why. Yeah. And you know, what does your morning routine look like? So I generally wake up about seven. I, in the summer, I'll wake up earlier when the sun rises earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but winter routine is waking up about seven. Um, I go and get some, get a glass of water and I then sit, I get myself into like a really positive state of gratitude. I write out like how great my day is going to go. So if I've got podcast interviews, if I'm launching, if I've got some coaching calls, I literally write out how amazing it's all going to go. And I'm like, thank you universe for these opportunities. And I just fill a whole A4 piece of paper, just getting myself into this state of just abundance and joy and love. And sometimes I even write out there, uh, wouldn't it be nice if I had a dream client drop into my DMs wanting to work with me today? And that has happened on those days. Um, I then write out my goal. So whether it's like a monthly goal or an, an annual goal, I look at my vision board and I generally connect to about three or four pictures on my vision board. Occasionally I meditate or tap, but it's not something I do every day. But the the writing for me just gets me into this state. And mm-hmm. it just keeps focused on my why, my mission, the clients I want to help. Sometimes if I'm in like a really good flow, then I put some things about my clients in there and like things that they're working towards. And it has changed my life. And it does change like the energy, the intention, the focus that I start my day with. And yes, sometimes things happen, things go wrong. Tech challenges me more than most things. But if I've done my morning routine, I'm just like, it's fine, whatever. And I I can notice I've been doing it since October, 2018. And my mindset has grown tremendously. But if I hadn't done it for three or four days, I can can still notice, I can notice it. And these little negative things start to try and creep in. And I'm like, bloody hell, it's only been like three days. So I am really consistent with it. And it, it does make such difference. And it really helps you focus on what you want as well. You know, so often people focus on what they don't want. You know, I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to be upset. I don't want to be in fear. And all you're doing is focusing on that. And yeah, and you're bringing more of it in. 
That's yeah. a, I was an away from person before I got into coaching. I was an away from person. I want to get away from this reality. I want to get away from these people. I want to get away from this job. I want to get away from, especially the job. I can't tell you how much I wanted to get away from that job. <laughs> and all I kept getting was more of the job. The job was yeah. taking up all of my thoughts. It was taking up all of my energy. The people that I didn't want to be around were taking up all of my energy. Then their work was becoming my work. Then all of the things, and I was an away from. And I think people that run towards things have it a lot easier. And, you know, I think it's great that you brought that up because it is, it's, if you can ground yourself in that, okay, like everything's going to be great in that place of gratitude, you can notice it. And I, I love to talk about the example. I've mentioned it in a previous podcast, but I'm going to do it again. And I read this in a book about addiction, actually, about how if you put a frog in water and you start to boil the water, the frog will boil to death. But if you take a frog and the water is already boiling and you put the frog into the water, the frog will jump out of the water. So you and I are the, are the ones that are jumping into the boiling water when we see, oh, shit, we haven't done our routines in a few days. I can feel the negative thoughts coming in and we can go, fuck, OK, I better tomorrow. I have to like last week I had when I was sick for that one day, but I also was low energy the whole week. I'm a runner and I run five to six days a week. I ran one day that whole week, but very atypical of me. And I can notice, I mean, I actually have less energy when I, when I don't exercise, that's, you know, science, but I can notice. And when there's not, I'm not getting a lot of vitamin D from the sun. I can notice like, and when I'm deficient in vitamin D, I notice, but people that started in the, in the water when it was cold and now it's boiling around them, they don't notice. So they don't know how shitty they feel. So if they're not writing affirmations, if they're not putting themselves in love and gratitude every day and elevated emotions every day, focusing on things that they want every day, they don't know how shitty they feel. And it's almost a gift to notice that you feel shitty yeah. because you, you feel shitty. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, they don't question it. You know, when I start doing mindset work with clients and, you know, we start going there and diving deep, whether it's around confidence or money or just anything and things come up and they're like, oh, well, you know, I've got all these things. I'm like, this is great. We've got stuff to work with. Like that recognition is so key because now we can clear the crap out of all of this stuff. But if you didn't do this work and get uncomfortable initially and look at it, you would just keep holding those things all the time. And that's no fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And people are, people are carrying that. They're carrying it and your, your subconscious is running the show 90% of the time and don't even know. They don't even know. So tell me, do you have any like any wise words, any parting bits of wisdom that you want to make sure that the listeners of the Get the Fuck Off podcast really hear from you today? I would love, I would love if you would take the ball and just run with it. Anything that you really, really want to talk about? I think one thing is dream big because it takes no more energy to dream big than it does to dream small and actually just start thinking about what you want to do if you could just write out like an ideal day five years from now what would that look like and a lot of people won't do that because they don't know just dream just dream for a minute you know what time would you wake up who would you be with where would you be living what would your working day look like what would you be doing and literally write it out and start just thinking about little things and just questioning where you're at and if you're really unhappy what can you change what little teeny tiny steps can you change to start to make that shift you know people think when they start doing personal development work that they need to improve every single day by 100 no it's like one step a day yeah one percent a day five minutes a day makes such a massive difference over time huge difference over time 
Oh so what can you start doing each day? A tiny thing that takes five minutes or less just to start thinking about things. And I think for a lot of people, when they start thinking about doing mindset with the mindset work, they're like, oh, I'm already busy. Haven't got time. I'm like, well, that's bollocks. Yes, you have. Everybody's got time. But it's doing little things like when you put the kettle on or put your coffee machine on or I don't know, get in your car and switch the engine on. It's those little things that we do so often maybe say a little affirmation or maybe think about that five-year ideal ideal scene exercise and think, how would it feel to wake up in that dream house? How would it feel to just wake up so freaking happy and obsessed with your life? Like, how would it feel? And like, you put the kettle on, feel those feelings, breathe it in and just go on with your day. And it's just those little things that we can do consistently that make the biggest fucking change. Mm, micro steps. That's, that's my, that's my, I like to call micro steps forward because it is It's just those little things. That's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I'm so glad that you said that these daily deposits that we just take advantage and we think, oh, this is meaningless. No, no. No. And if you can just get to that state and if you can get to that state for two minutes, five times a day, that's, that's 10 more minutes of that elevated state that you weren't in. And that's 70 minutes a week. It adds up like the universe is on a lag. So get there. Oh, that's so great. I am feeling empowered, inspired talking to you. So I'm so glad that you came on the podcast. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm at Tara Punter coaching on Instagram. That's where I hang out most of the time. Um, if anybody's got any questions or anything, just feel free to pop me a message. Um, and I'm tarapuntercoaching.co.uk. And my podcast is Tara Talks and you will be on it very soon. I know, I'm so excited about it. Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. And everybody can check Tara out on Instagram, Tara Punter Coaching, and uh, on her website. And uh, thank you so much, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely loved it.